Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the AfriCast. A bit earlier this week, uh, as tomorrow is a public holiday and so is Monday. It's a it's a ep- extra long weekend. I didn't know what I wanted to say there. I wanted to say Uber <laughs> and extra and it came out as extra. Um, so, so an extra long weekend. Oh my like goodness. I wasn't, no, I, would, I wouldn't I go... I wouldn't descend into those depths, but yeah, it is the Easter weekend, Passover, whole bunch of stuff happening. Um, I didn't even introduce my co-host today. Uh, please welcome Clinton Matos. How are you doing? Hello again, everybody. And Robin Lichetti. How are you doing? Howdy. I'll try and crack as few jokes. Oh my goodness. Can we stop with the Easter jokes, please? Robin had that one in the chamber. He is waiting. So I'm going to use it this time. <laughs> right. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a iffy uh, Easter vacation coming up, but we'll chat more about that in a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, let's get into the news of the week, though. Robin, you've got some news about PayFast and RCS working together? Yes, the exciting world of online payments. <laughs> I know that's not exactly everything, everyone's most exciting bit of news, but it is quite interesting as far as RCS is concerned. Um, this month, they have been on a bit of a tear as far as acquiring new partners are concerned. Uh, they recently announced the acquisition of MobiCred, which who anyone has uh, shopped online in South Africa should be fairly familiar with the product. Uh, MobiCred uh, usually pops up at the checkout uh, of online stores as an option to pay in installments and, and whatnot. Um, so RCS have acquired them, but the, the focus for this week is a partnership between RCS and PayFast, which is an online payment uh, facil- facilitator. And um, the two are partnering on store cards. So for example, stores like Game, Macro, Cap Union Mart, uh, Builders uh, Warehouse, uh, CTM, uh, they all have in-store cards that customers can use uh, normally with the likes of builders for example that's kind of the cards that contractors might use when they are buying uh, large amounts of uh, of uh, supplies on credit oh so it's not a so it's like in-store credits not like a loyalty card type thing uh no so it, it depends on the uh, store so for example game and macro would be a loyalty card but for builders it would be something a bit more substantial okay so, all right uh as far as the the partnership is concerned uh, they're joining uh, up with PayFast in order to facilitate the use of these cards at uh, the online checkout options. So, yeah, it, it's a fairly straightforward, I guess, partnership, but it, it does potentially mean quite a bit of uh, additional customers for RCS. Um, during their press release, they mentioned the fact that uh, this system would now be enabled in more than 40,000 e-commerce stores in South Africa, oh, which... Wow. I didn't even know we had them. Same. Which is quite interesting. Um, They also, along with, I guess, those kind of contractor-focused outlets, they also had other ones like Lego and Hertex Fabrics. So it it does run a pretty wide gamut as far as who will be joining the system. So, yeah, uh, looks like RCS are making some serious moves. Um, We mentioned the MobiCred one, which is kind of more geared towards, uh, quote-unquote, the youth and uh, now this seems to kind of open up a, another avenue for RCS. So, yeah, like we said, uh, they're definitely making some moves. And it's something to look out for when you uh, head to the checkout for your local online store. And if you do have a store card for that uh, outlet, yeah, just something to keep aware of. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll keep a lookout for that uh, when I'm shopping online. Uh, just as an aside, did you guys know you can link your uh, checkers uh, extra rewards card to your uh, 6060 app 
And uh, you can, yeah, you can, and you can save quite a quite a fair bit of money. Uh, I put in an order yesterday, and I saved like twenty bucks, which was really nice. So yeah, a little bit of a pro tip, unrelated, but pro tip. Um, Moving on, uh, this week there was some horrific flooding in KwaZulu Natal. Um, Their homes have been washed away. Uh, crocodiles are on the loose. It's a, it's a really, really bad situation there. Um, and to provide some assistance while also trying to repair its infrastructure, MTN announced that it would be donating uh, as much as 500,000 rand, uh, 500, rands worth of food parcels and blankets to uh, victims of flooding in the region uh, this week. They announced that. They also said that they would be providing a free 50 SMS bundle valid for three days for customers in KwaZulu-Natal to keep in touch with friends and family. To be specific, that bundle is specifically for MTN subscribers in KwaZulu-Natal. As I mentioned, MTN does have have to repair its sites there. Uh, Clinton reported earlier this week that uh, there was some issues connecting uh, if you're an MTN subscriber, and this was caused by flooding. Uh, MTN said yesterday on Wednesday that over 500 sites have been damaged, and that number just continues to creep up. Um, Jackie O'Sullivan, the ex- executive of corporate affairs at MTN South, at, uh, at MTN South Africa, said, the situa- situation on the ground is devastating and, devastating, and we are finding that sites are being restored, new sites are becoming affected. We confirm that much of Belito is now back up and running as our technicians were able to access the affected sites. However, many other sites remain inaccessible and dangerous. Um, uh, By the end of Wednesday, MTN said that 278 of its sites had been recovered. Um, So there's still a fair bit of work left to do. And I've heard reports that there could be more rain heading towards KZN this weekend. So, yeah, yeah. just want to give a thumbs up to MTN for making this donation. I'm sure it is very much welcome. If you want to get involved, Gift of the Givers is uh, doing a donation drive. They are looking to provide hot meals, blankets, bottled water, warm clothes, sanitary pads, diapers, um, and then eventually school uniforms and stationery when the need arises, uh, building material. So if you want to uh, donate some money to help out the folks in KZN, um, we recommend Gift to the Givers. They are a fantastic organization that always comes to the fore during event disasters like this. Um, yeah, uh, all the details are in the story that will be linked below. And yeah, um, I, I feel bad for everybody in KwaZulu-Natal. It's it's really not a good situation there. And the, the images coming out of there are really, really horrific. So... Hopefully, we get some more corporate sponsors on board who are able to assist during this really trying time, especially with the Easter weekend uh, approaching us. Um, yeah, yeah. it's the worst timing possible. On top of the Easter weekend, there's also been load shedding. Yeah. And uh, something about those uh, outages that MTN was experiencing is that some of the towers weren't actually damaged. Um it's just that their backup batteries had been depleted, and because of the flooding around them, they couldn't be replaced or recharged, uh, and load shedding didn't help that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it seems like these floods came at the worst possible time. Uh, that's not to say that there's ever a good time for flooding to happen. Yeah, um, it's just, it's <laughs> even, yeah, it's, 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 it's just it's a bad situation <laughs> all around, and yeah. made worse by load shedding and colder weather, so yeah. Uh, good to MTN. Let's hope that we see some more news of corporates uh, helping folks out. On to some slightly happier news. I don't know if we can call roguelites happier, but Clinton, you've been reviewing a new one called uh, Ember Knights. 
yeah, some people uh, do not have a happy time playing them. So Ember Knights is a, is a bit strange because I actually played it in the most recent Steam Next Fest. So for those who don't know, Next Fest is an event that's half sale and half an opportunity to play upcoming games through demos. And I played this game called Ember Knights and I had fun with it and I added it to my Steam wishlist. And then um, I think it was like a month or so later, we got an email offering us code to review the early access um, version of the game. Next week on 20th of April, it will launch into early access and I got to play early, early access. So I didn't get to play the full game, but I did finish all the content that was available in this early access build. And I played about six hours worth. Um, but because this is a roguelike, it doesn't mean that there's six hours of new content. Um, a lot of that six hours was dying and having to you know, <laughs> claw my way back to where I died in the first place. So what is this game? It's a twin stick hack and slash game um, that the big selling point is that it can be played by up to four people. I played it all on my lonesome, but I think that's, um, I think that's worth doing because a game that is only fun in co-op um, you know, it's it's not as good. And if you're buying this as a single player, you need to know how it is. And I had quite a lot of fun with it. Um, you, the only two base weapons in the game right now are a sword and a bow. And then that is complemented by spells. And you get up to two spells at a time. And the way it works is, uh, I know in things like the Binding of Isaac, when you have spells or uh, active items, as they're called, um, or spacebar items, they recharge by the number of rooms you um, finish, and then you can use them again. In this game, uh, each spell is on a cooldown, and every time you hit an enemy, that cooldown goes uh, down. <laughs> and it's not some nebulous thing. It will say, you know, hit five more enemies to get your spell back, hit ten more enemies, or stuff like that. And I found a lot of variance between runs because sometimes you'll get a combination that's really fun and you're breezing through and then other times it's just a real grind and you're having not a great time. And I know, you know, RNG is a big part of the roguelike rogue slash roguelite experience, but I found that it was a bit extreme. You had really good runs and then you had bad runs and then there was a kind of no in-between where you're just kind of middling. Um, but there are some fun uh, experiences you can have. I had a great run uh, that I mentioned in my review of Early Access where I had a bull rush spell where I would just run into enemies and damage them and stun them. But then you're kind of at a disadvantage there because you can be hit back because you're in such close proximity. But then I also unlocked another ability that gave me a shield whenever I used a spell. So that was a really good combination and it's a kind of natural synergy that you can get. And the game looks really fun, as uh, you may have guessed by the name Ember Knight. You this little character with a flaming head. Uh, the music's pretty good. The stories, uh, they just give you a little cutscene in the beginning to give you some kind of reason why you're going around. Um, but there are some weak points. For example, the meta progression. You can permanently upgrade your character by finding this resource called Ember between your runs. And then you can spend that to get more health or more damage, stuff like that. Um, so it's fun overall. There's just a lot of like niggles that really hurt the experience. Uh, for example, I didn't use the bow at all because when you draw the bow, your character completely stops and you can be hit by a thousand different things. So I never use the bow. Um, there are certain enemies that can freeze you in place, which are never fun to fight. And I don't know why that's ever a game mechanic. Um, the shop that appears doesn't appear enough so you die a lot of the times with a lot of gold that you didn't get to spend um 
there's animations for unlocks that take like a full minute that you can't skip. Uh, some of the spells that you have at the beginning are just kind of too basic and you experience them too often. And the last one that really sucked is that a lot of the enemies just have too much HP. And even if you have a run where you're very strong, it feels like you're just endlessly hacking away at these guys. Um, especially the like second and third bosses. They just, it, it, it's too long. It's too much hacking and slashing to get through. So I've played a lot of roguelikes in my day. Uh, you know, thousands of hours of The Binding of Isaac, Into the Gungeon, uh, Spelunky, the original free version of Spelunky. I'm old school like that. So I played a lot of these games. And in my review of this, I did uh, give my feedback to the developers. Here's some things I think you should improve on. So we'll see. It's a, I did put this as the subtitle on my review. What is here is a good start. And I'm really looking forward to how it can be improved. I don't know how much more of the early access I'm going to play. I usually just play games when they launch into early access or when they launch into the full 1.0 release. And I don't know when again I'll play this. And the devs haven't said how long the game is going to be in early access. You know, it could be six months, could be a year, could be more than that. So we'll see. Uh, so check out my review. You can check out the game when it comes out next week. And yeah, this is one to look out for if you like roguelikes. Awesome. Uh, let's let's get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of the Africast today. Um, so let's start with a story. Uh, on Tuesday, I was playing Elden Ring because I'm playing that at the moment, and I encountered a boss called the Godskin Noble. Which, if you've played the game or you've he heard whisperings about the game, you'll know that this boss is is quite tricky. Um, in, in fact, there's two of them in the game, and they pop up a couple of times. And after about 45 minutes of beating my head against the wall, I finally beat the boss. And this was at around six. 6.18 in the evening, and a minute later, I met possibly the worst boss in Elden Ring, Load Shedding. Uh, so before I could get to my site of grace, um, my power cut, so I didn't know whether I had gotten the checkpoint for killing the boss. I had, thankfully. Uh, but it was it was quite alarming to have my power cut. At first, I thought it was just a, uh, a normal outage, uh, because in my area, power goes out so often, uh, only to find out that ESCOM had implemented load shedding at the last minute, uh, despite all day warning folks that uh, the power system was constrained, um, that asking South Africans to lower their power consumption, and everybody kind of taking this as a sign that, hey, maybe load shedding is on the way. Even ESCOM's push said that there was a high potential that load shedding was going to happen. But ESCOM continued on and decided that at 20 past 6 on Tuesday afternoon, uh, it was just going to switch off power because it needed to do load shedding. No one-hour warning, no next day, no from 9 until this time. It was just immediate. Um, to its credit, ESCOM then suspended load shedding at 5, only to then say that load shedding would continue at 5 in the afternoon. And as such, we've just had load shedding all week. We're now currently in continuous load shedding until at stage 2 until Friday morning at 5 o'clock. Um, I think everybody in South Africa is upset about this. I don't think that there's anybody who's sitting here going, hmm, yeah, I can understand this. This is, this is perfectly reasonable. Uh, the good news is that ESCOM said earlier this morning that it is on track to uh, suspend load shedding at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning, on Friday morning. Um, whether that is the case, 
though remains to be seen because it seems like ESCOM goes from minute to minute not knowing what its infrastructure is doing. Uh, that's based off of what happened on Tuesday. Um, and looking at uh, its most recent uh, power alert this morning, it said that lo- there's a possibility that load shedding will be implemented during next week as the demand returns. Um, also, 6,000 megawatts of capacity on the grid is currently unavailable, and 14,000 oh, that's due to planned maintenance, while 14,471 megawatts of capacity is unavailable due to unplanned breakdowns. So... I think everybody's upset about this, as I said. Um, so we want to just try and make this a little bit more palatable for everybody. Um, and we're going to go through what we do during load shedding. Because I think all of us are a, a little bit more tax ta- tech savvy than the average person. And we know a few things that maybe some folks don't know yet know about. So I think the first thing I want to chat about is what we do before load shedding hits, when we know that it's coming at the very least, um, because we do know now that load shedding will be continuing until 5 o'clock tomorrow morning. So, for instance, I have load shedding at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Um, so, let's start with you, Clinton. When you know that load shedding is coming, uh, which is a bit of a, a tricky one for you because your schedules are never really accurate, oh, w- yeah. w- what do you actually do? <laughs> what do you, yeah, what do, you do? Yeah. Well, aside from despair... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I won't mention the obvious ones because I think you guys will cover that. I want to mention some stuff that people may not know that um, I do as it happens. So first thing I do is download stuff to watch. And for the longest time, that meant uh, not entirely legal downloading because a lot of services just didn't allow you to download something to watch offline because they want to make sure that you have a subscription and you're watching Mm. and, uh, you know, you aren't stealing anything. You're not being a scallywag. So... The two services that I download from are YouTube and Netflix. And people, even in South Africa, I think a lot of people don't know that these two services have downloads that are, you know, on top of being perfectly legal, they are offered by the service themselves. I'm not suggesting anyone does anything illegal. So let's start with YouTube because I think that's honestly more popular. And also the download option is available for free users. That being said... um, the download resolution of the videos, I think, is capped at 720p or something like that. Um, if you're not a premium subscriber, I think you can only do 1080p um, if you are paying a monthly subscription. But regardless, everyone who uses the platform does have access to downloads. And something I do is that if I'm on YouTube and I want to watch something that I don't have time for, I add it to my watch later list. And then when I do have time, I can watch it. But also that you can use that watch later list as kind of your download later list for load shedding. So the first thing I do when I know there's going to be load shedding is I go on YouTube and I download stuff to watch. And I think just having something to distract yourself with um, during load shedding is a big part of uh, staying sane. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's the first thing I do. And again, I don't think most people know that downloading is available and is uh, free. Uh, the other thing I download from is Netflix, and that is, of course, not free. Um, you know, but even with the lower subscription, if I'm not mistaken, even the lower subscription has access to download. Yes, that is correct. And you, you can download an entire season. So, I mean, uh, load shedding is usually only one or two hours. But if you if we ever get to a point where we load shed more than that, you can watch a whole season or. As load shedding is announced, you can download a whole season and watch that, you know, piecemeal every time you have load shedding. Um, So that's the first thing I want to mention. 
Um, the other thing is that I charge, I, I know you guys are going to talk about charging stuff, but I also have an LED lamp that is, uh, it has a battery. Um, I reviewed these a while ago. I'll try to find my, um, my review of them. They're from Astrum. Um, it, it's very strange because I reviewed them a few years ago and then they were just never on sale again. So I can't recommend the exact ones I have. But that being said, I do see them if you go to like a flea market or something like that. You do see them. Battery lamps are so useful. And I recommend that everybody get them on top of uh, the YouTube and Netflix stuff. So those are the two things I do. Um, I don't know who wants to talk about their little ritual next. Uh, Robin? Yeah, so um, I guess I am slightly fortunate in the fact that... Uh, the area I live in, the load shedding schedule is pretty much uh, consistent. Uh, two and a half hours, uh, we don't really have uh, any longer uh, blackouts than that, knock on wood, of course. Um, <laughs> but I guess my strategy depends on what time of the day it is. If it is announced during the workday, then I have to make sure, one, that my MacBook is fully charged and that my phone is fully charged, just in case I need to switch onto, uh, onto a mobile hotspot. Um, I also just make sure that uh, my power bank uh, is fully charged, just in case I need to dip into that uh, uh, in the event that uh, load shedding lasts longer than the two and a half hours. Um, just anecdotally about my power bank, it was a, a Romos Pulse 30 that I reviewed a little over a year ago um, I think in my review I called it a work from home essential. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Well, as much as you can enjoy a power bank, but, uh, <laughs> I really found it useful. So much so that I actually purchased one of Take a Lot. Uh, I think it was going uh, for on special, about thirty percent less um, than it normally retails for. And I think two other people in my family also purchased it based on my recommendation as well. So and it's really served us well uh, during load shedding. Um, so that's kind of what I do for the workday. Um, I also <laughs> make sure that uh, I haven't uh, peeved off any friends and family so I can lean on them. <laughs> uh, uh, my old man, uh, he's pretty jacked up as far as his tech goes as well. So um, he has many UPSs that are attached to the fiber routers in his house. And that ensures that there's at least Wi-Fi connectivity during that two and a half hour session. Um, so I guess from a connectivity standpoint, he's kind of sorted there. And uh, I uh, try and leverage that relationship as much as possible uh, when I need to. Um, because as we know, data is hellishly expensive in South Africa. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're out of bundle, your out of bundle rates are crazy. Um, so those are kind of my strategies for during the workday. If I know that uh, load is going to hit in the evening, um, it, it really depends on what I want to watch. Uh, I enjoy my football. There's Champions League on at the moment, and that's usually from 9 till midnight, depending on what country uh, the match is being played in. So I make sure that uh, my iPad is charged um, so that I can watch it via DSTV now, which is something we discussed in a previous podcast <laughs> as far as streaming goes. Um, I do, don't download from Netflix or YouTube. I do, however, download from Crunchyroll. Um, I kind of use that time to kind of catch up on a whole bunch of anime that I might not have been able to watch during the week. Uh, and uh, more recently, uh, Clinton mentioned the, the uh, battery lamps. Um, my 
mother invested in some uh, chargeable uh, light bulbs uh-huh. that can, that can yeah. use the lamps. And those seem to be working a treat. Um, obviously, it's not going to provide enough light to, say, illuminate the entire house, but you can illuminate spots within the home. So there is uh, a lot of the time when that load shedding kind of hits unexpectedly, um, you kind of scrambling to see where things are because you don't necessarily for example if you have to lock up at night uh, you want to make sure all windows are closed and whatnot so Mm -hmm. having that kind of light source available uh, is quite handy as well so those are kind of the strategies that I have kind of honed over the years cool so uh, I hate that you mentioned the LED lights Robin because I also use those and they are so useful it's it's not even funny um so i don't know if yours are the same but ours have this thing that when the power goes out they just switch on automatically uh even if the switch is off i don't know why that is maybe our house is just wired really weirdly um but they are so so useful i love having them um especially for outside because i stay on a plot so you want to kind of be able to see what's happening outside and make sure that there's no ne'er-do-wells sneaking about in the dark. So those are really useful. Um, something that I found myself increasingly needing is earplugs uh, for load shedding because everybody and their dog has a generator running, including ourselves. <laughs> um, uh, on that, though, I do just want to mention that uh, before everybody says, oh, well, generators are expensive. Um, the generator we have uh, was actually one that we bought secondhand because it was completely busted. Um, and a mate of mine who is just very good with working with motors managed to fix it up within a weekend. So if you are good with motors or you have a friend who is good with motors, might be worth looking to see if you can pick up a broken generator. Um, obviously, it depends how broken it is, but you could you could get a generator for a really good deal. Um, so the first thing we obviously do is we get fuel for the generator. Uh, depending on how low, long load shedding is, that will determine uh, how much fuel we use. Um we usually use around 400 rands worth of fuel a day. Uh, unfortunately, we don't always have uh, access to the generator. Hopefully, that will change um, in the near future. Um, the other thing that we do, and this is going to sound weird, but uh, we boil the kettle. <laughs> and the reason that we do that is because boiling a kettle on gas, because we do have a gas stove, but boiling a kettle on gas is just ridiculously inefficient. It takes forever like literally 30 minutes to to, try to boil the kettle. Yeah. So we try and boil the kettle before load shedding so that we can have coffee or tea or whatever it might be. Um, the other thing is that we, can't, we lock our fridges because you don't want cold air escaping um, and you don't want to kind of be looking into the fridge aimlessly uh, while you're waiting for the power to come back and then everything spoils. So we just lock our fridges to kind of remind ourselves not to do that or not to use that. And then... It's depending on what time it is, what some of us will go and have a shower because um, the the geezer might be off for longer than two hours. Unfortunately, where I stay, sometimes the power just doesn't come back after load shedding and you kind of just have to sit there waiting for ESCOM to reconnect you or switch you back on. And that can take like 24 hours at times. Uh, I mean, on Monday, I was out from 4 o'clock in the afternoon until 8 o'clock the next morning. So, yeah, not a fun situation. Um in terms of downloading, I actually don't download anything. I used to, but it just became uh, – I'm very indecisive. So I'll sit there and start watching something on Netflix and be like, I hate this. I don't like watching this. I'm moving away. And 
during load shedding, that sucks because I can't just download another movie. It uses it, it would be too way too much data. What I have started doing though is uh, feeding my TikTok addiction. So during load shedding, I'll down I'll get like a gig of data for an hour. Um, or sorry, for the day, just one gig for the day, because that generally works out cheap. I think it's 29 Rand on Vodacom for a gig of data for the full day. Uh, so that's 24 hours. And I will generally use that during load shedding. Um, the problem I found is that spending an hour and a half on TikTok uses a lot of data. Um, and by the end, by the last half hour of load shedding, I'm generally just staring in the dark, uh, staring at the wall, waiting for the power to come back on. Um if I am watching something, I'll generally watch something on YouTube where I can control the uh, the quality and therefore the data usage that I have. And yeah, I generally just watch Let's Plays that are like two hours or something long, just kind of forget about the fact that I don't have power. Life. Yeah, forget about life. Um, the other thing that we kind of have to also do is uh, if load shedding is taking place around dinner time, is planned for that. Um, unfortunately, I am a big fan of oven meals, which is literally you try and put everything on one pan in an oven, set it for like 30 minutes to an hour, and dinner's done. It's one of my favorite things to do, but load shedding makes that a little bit impossible. So I've kind of created load shedding meals that you can cook on gas um, very quickly uh, so that you don't waste gas while you're cooking. Um, so yeah. Basically, my load shedding preparation is all about just making sure I'm as comfortable as possible in the dark. (laughs) Something I just want to touch on is that, uh, yeah, you, everyone will be shocked by the amount of electricity you need to like boil a cup of water and even the microwave. I'm shocked by how much electricity the microwave uses. It's, it's so much. So our generator, when, if we have our geezer plugged in or our geezer switched on, the generator just dies because it's drawing so much electricity. It's, uh, the, yeah, the geezer, uh, anything that heats up stuff is yeah. just so hungry. And it, it's actually kind of shocking um, how much electricity that stuff uses. Mm. And I know there are some generators which are just, you know, robust enough to have all of that powered up. Yeah. Um, but that must use, yeah, I don't have one of those. So, it, yeah, anyone who, who goes to someone's house while it's low turning and they have one, just ask them, like, can I heat this up? They'll be like, no, please. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, so, though, because... It's one of those... Go ahead, Brendan. Yeah, like, our fridge doesn't seem to have an issue. Um, like, it, in when the when the generator is switched on, you do hear an audible dip uh, when the fridges start up. Um, but, I mean, they manage to work just fine. And But I suppose yeah. those are completely different things. I'm comparing apples to oranges here, so... Uh, but I mean, the generator is enough for our our fiber, our fiber, our internet connection, uh, three desktop PCs, uh, two fridges, and a couple of lights around the house. So I mean, it's enough to get us by uh, for two hours. Unfortunately, it's not enough if ESCOM kind of extends the load shedding. Yeah, something I, I want to mention for a lot of people, um, especially talking about generators, is I think most people just don't need a generator. Yeah. I think what most people need is an uninterruptible power supply, a UPS, mm. because I think what a lot of people just want when the lights go out is internet and a way to charge their phones. Yeah. And you don't need a generator for that. You just need a UPS. And you might even just need a big battery bank because what you really need power for is your, um, your modem your yeah. router and a lot of them 
uh, work just fine, even when the power's off. I know in the past, ugh, I had Telcom copper at one point, and when the electricity went off, that wouldn't work either. Yeah. Don't ask me about that. But I think most fiber, even if there's a massive power outage, not just um, uh, not just load shedding, it usually works just fine. So you really just need power for your router, and those don't use a lot of electricity. So yeah. I think a lot of people kind of think, oh, I, I need a generator, they're too expensive, I'm just out of luck. I, I think a lot of people are just overlooking UPSs, and I know UPSs themselves can also be very expensive. Um, you, you just have to shop around. There are so many stories um, about UPSs, and uh, I don't want to say the great thing, but because load shedding has been happening in South Africa for so long, there are so many useful guides that you can use to find the one that suits you. And you might need just a small capacity, cheap UPS, just to give you internet and phone charge for one or two hours. Mm. And Just remember to charge the UPS after load shedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, some of them, you just plug them in and you don't forget about it. They have, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the not operating system, the firmware on them. Yeah knows to keep it charged just in case the power goes out. Again, you guys, just, just read up on this. I, um, there are a lot. I, I don't want to link to one specific thing because everyone's uh, preferences are different. But, you know, just some, you know, you guys are smart people. Just Google. Um, and it's something I've been looking into because I don't need a generator. All I need is for my desktop and, um, and my router. And if I find out that my desktop can't, uh, if my desktop is too thirsty because it is a you know, a gaming desktop, yeah. I can just, you know, break out the laptop. And then I just need power to charge the laptop and keep my router running. And another thing that's really great about UPSs is that it, it prevents your stuff from being destroyed by surges. Uh, the way it does that is it kind of acts as a barrier between your tech and ESCOM, <laughs> the plugs. <laughs> uh, because how it usually works is that you plug the UPS into your socket and then you plug your your computer, your router, or your TV, you know, whatever you want, into the UPS permanently. It's not just for load shedding. Mm. And then the electricity is kind of um, routed through the UPS, right? Yeah. So if there's ever a massive surge that is strong enough or, you know, weird enough to destroy tech, it's usually preferable that your UPS is destroyed instead of your expensive computer or your router that you may not own because it still belongs to the ISP or whatever. So I really recommend that people check out UPSs and don't think that generators are the be-all and end-all. I don't know why the kind of narrative in South Africa became that you need a generator. You only need that if you have like a big house and you have a lot of stuff that is like really important to keep going while there's uh, load shedding. So I really want people to consider UPS. And while we're discussing all of this, I, I know I've been talking for a long time now, please buy surge protectors. Please, they're so cheap. They can prevent so much headache. Um, I'm using one for my desktop um, from Ellie's, which is the South, the South African company. I can't remember the exact amount, but they give you some kind of warranty or guarantee that if your tech is destroyed while the surge protector is plugged in, they'll cover you up to, I think, 30 or 40,000 Rand. So, again, I'm not advocating for them. I don't have any you know, financial stake with them. And I can't back up that claim. I'm just telling you guys what's on their box. I can. Uh, I really recommend. 
I can back up that claim. Have you ever had one fail? Yes, I had one. I think five years now. Go ahead. So I had one that I bought in 2011. No? 2013, sorry. It's 2013. I bought I bought a surge protector from Ellie's. Um, my computer was plugged into it. There was a really heavy lightning storm that appeared out of nowhere. Um, there was a surge in the power, and my computer kind of surged as well. Well, just the power supply, really. Um, I got in touch with Ellie's because I had registered the plug. When you buy the plug, there's a form you have to fill in uh, and send it yeah, through to them. I think, I think you can do it online nowadays, don't quote me on that because um, I've had mine now for five years. So it, it's been a while. Um, so when I, I followed the process and I got reimbursed for my power supply, which was really, really great. So, yeah, the, it, it does work. There was very little pushback from them. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I can attest that that guarantee absolutely they do stick to it. Yeah, and uh, something also that's very important aside from registering your stuff, you need to pay close attention to the power draw. Mm. Um, you can't just buy one LE surge protector and plug your entire house through that surge protector. Um, each one is rated for a certain amount of, I think, wattage or volts or something like that. Um, if you're plugging stuff into the surge protector, you need to look in the manual or on the plug of the things you're plugging in and look at what the voltage, what the the amperage, all of that is, and then only plug stuff into the surge protector that um, it is rated for. Mm. I think on top of, you know, Ellie's not, they won't allow you to register more than what's plugged into that. Um, you can overload uh, that surge protector, so you're kind of defeating the point of having one. <laughs> yeah. So just, again, uh, guys, I'm not here to, you know, give you all the answers. I'm just here to point you in the right direction. Get a surge protector to protect yourself from surges, and then read the manual that comes with it and make sure that what you're plugging into it is the right stuff. And it's really not rocket science. Um, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a smart man, but I can read the manual and I can <laughs> do it. So if I can do it, literally anyone can. So, so please just read that up and uh, keep your stuff safe. A UPS and a surge protector will go a long way to making sure you don't see that magical smoke coming out of your expensive electronics. So something I just want to touch on very quickly before we move on. Um, something we've been looking at, uh, my housemates and I, is a pay-as-you-go solar subscription. Um, so essentially this, you pay a monthly fee, you get an inverter, you get a battery bank, and then you get uh, the photovoltaic cells that will be installed uh, wherever you need them to be. Um, so these are not really cheap. Let me just put that out there right now. Prices range from like 3,000 Rand all the way to 9,000 Rand depending on what per month, depending on what uh, sort of capacity you need. Um, however, if you are in a situation like me where you're not the only person paying for the bill um, and you can split the bill, then this might be a viable thing to consider. Um, so maybe just look at it because I know that dropping like 60K on a solar, solar power setup at a minimum, is not something that everybody can do. Uh, but if you can get some of your stuff powered on solar and then grow that system over time, it might be worth some. It might be something worth considering. Um, as mentioned, as I said, it's very expensive. Solar is expensive inherently, um, and yeah, it's it is an it is an alternative that we are looking at, and it is it does look somewhat more affordable. Um, but yeah, just something else to think. Is that 
Is that rent to own or is it just permanent? So there are a couple, we, we found a couple of solutions. Some are rent to own, some are a five-year rental period. And then thereafter, you can go rent to own for a lower fee. Um, so, but some of them are also just, you just rent it. And when the subscription yeah. is over, they come and collect their equipment. Um, okay. So I don't want to name any companies because I haven't dealt with yeah. them yet. And I don't want to recommend something that I personally haven't used yet. Uh, but and it is. Sponsoring us yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you are a, a solar company and you would like to to get some advertising, uh, Hypertext is open for business. <laughs> but, I mean, this is something we, we are considering because it is a little bit more affordable. It's not as loud as a generator, although I suppose inverters can be loud in their own sort of way. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this could be an option for us. It could be an option for you. Maybe something to consider. Uh, now, I want to I want to just pick your guys's brain. Um, I'm part of a WhatsApp group uh, where every time the power goes out, somebody says that it's load shedding, even though it's not, probably not load shedding. It's more likely just a fault. Um, <laughs> where, if the power doesn't come back when load shedding is over, what do you guys generally do, Robin? Let's start with you. Um, not much to be fair. Uh, so. One, I will check with City Power to see what the situation is. Uh, invariably, someone in my area will have tweeted at them <laughs> to say, well, to ask what the situation is, and they will get a response as regards to an expected time of return to service mm. or what the technicians are doing. Um, when that doesn't happen, uh, then there is usually a problem with the power at the complex, and that's handled by a, a third-party uh, company. Okay. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm in one of the situations where if the power is down uh, for longer than ESCOM says it would be, it's kind of out of my hands, unfortunately. Hey, that That's not a good situation. That sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's just like feeling hopeless, even more so with load shedding. Man. Uh, Clinton, what do you do if the power doesn't come back after load shedding so, is ended? I also want to mention City Power because... <laughs> I don't know how to say this. They may do a bad job keeping the power on, but at least their Twitter is up to date. <laughs> so the first thing usually is that if, if the power's out, they usually just go on their Twitter because they usually provide relatively good updates. You know, whoever's managing that account is uh, doing a bang-up job. Um, because like today, I got load shed, but it wasn't at the right time according to their own schedule, but their, their Twitter was right. So... It's confusing that we have to do this little dance. I don't know why they just their website can't have the same information as whatever's happening on the Twitter. But like Robin said, if you need information, that's usually the best place to go. Um, and we do have a generator here, but you know you can't have that thing running the whole day. Mm. Petrol is so expensive, especially now, especially with that big potential up, uh, upgrade um, update coming in April. So I usually just um, I find out when it's coming on. And then I'll do some offline stuff. Um, I know we're a tech site here and, you know, everything that runs on electricity, but I do want to ask you guys if you actually do anything, you know, that's not online. Uh, the two things I usually do, I've talked about in the past, I, uh, I collect Lego. So if I have a set I haven't built, I'll usually build one of those um, under lamplight, no, not candlelight that uh, Lampa's talking about. So I'll usually do one of those, keep myself busy. Um, now, I do read sometimes. I don't read as many real books as I should. Uh, I know every journalist is like, oh, I read 
10,000 books every day. Uh, I don't read as many books as I should, uh, but I do sometimes read a good comic book. Um, both DC and Marvel have their graphic, uh, uh, what they're called, graphic novel collections, which are like monthly subscriptions. I don't think they offer them anymore, but you can still buy them in stores. It's a really cheap way to get nice quality hardback comics. I'll usually just read one of those. Um, the the comics cost, I, I, I get them um, used cheaper, but the brand new, they cost 150 Rand each, which may sound expensive, but if you've ever looked at the cost of books and especially comic books in South Africa, you'll know that getting a hardcover book with like 200 pages for 150 bucks is actually really cheap. So I'll usually read one of those. Um, the, the whole shtick with these comic books is that they provide like a whole arc, a whole story in one book. So even for the longest um, bouts of load shedding, you get a, a really decent read out of it that you can do. So if I don't have power, I'll check uh, with City Power. And sometimes, you know, you just, <laughs> like Robin said, you can't do anything. Um, I'm not ESCOM. I can't get the power on. And sometimes you just don't want to waste the money, even if you have a generator. So I usually try and do some offline stuff. And I promise I'll read more books, maybe next year. <laughs> and yourself, Brendan? Uh, so I have the pleasure of dealing with ESCOM directly. Um, so first off, ESCOM's call center and Alfred are two of the worst uh, customer service points ever created. Uh, for one, if you try and report an outage using the automated system that ESCOM has in place, you will not get a reference number and your fault will not be reported. So what you have to do is you have to go, you have to talk to the accounts department and log a fault that way, um, which seems really unintuitive, but I've yet to have somebody from that department tell me that they can't help me. So uh, I believe if you select account queries, and then uh, you ask to speak to a representative, the option that uh, lets you speak to a representative, you can report a fault. Um, Alfred, when it works, does not report faults. It just doesn't. Um, we don't get reference numbers when we report via Alfred. Um, the ESCOM app just works when it wants to work. Sometimes the landlord can get in. Sometimes it tells him that his account doesn't exist. It, it, it's just hit or miss. Um, so if power doesn't come back, uh, generally we, we rely on the community watch group who has connections, I believe, at ESCOM. Uh, because whenever these people complain, the power is literally back on within the hour. So we'll get in touch with them, find out if they know what the problem is. Um, but this all also depends on what time of day it is. Because if it's like, say, 4 o'clock in the afternoon and load shedding was supposed to end at 4, um, and by 5 o'clock it's not on... Um, you're spending the night without power. That's just how it is. Uh, and if it's on a weekend or a public holiday, wait until those are over and then maybe you'll have power. So it's a, it's a really rubbish situation. Um, and dealing with ESCOM is the most aggravating thing on the face of the planet just because of how difficult it is to get hold of them. Um, when I do eventually get hold of a telecom representative, I am as nice as I can possibly be, despite how frustrated I am, uh, because they're not the person that's at fault here, right? They're not the one that they're not the reason I don't have power. So it's really unfair to take it out on them. Um, but yeah, if the power's not out, that's a really bad sign for us. Like I could not have power for three days three hours it's, it's really an unknown quantity and i understand it to a degree because 
it is dangerous at night working with copper cables and stuff that thieves want to steal. So I get it. I totally understand it. It just sucks that uh, we have to sit with our power because of the situation that we're in. Um, during load shedding, I mean, like I said, I, I spend a lot of time watching uh, TikTok stuff. And when my data runs out, uh, if I'm feeling a little bit a little bit flush with cash that week. I'll uh, buy myself an extra gig of data and continue watching TikTok. Otherwise, offline stuff I do is basically just read. Um, I'm reading a book called Crime.com at the moment, which is a really fascinating look into the early days of cybercrime. Um, I have a couple of other books piled beside my bed. Um, the The Age of Surveillance Capitalism is next on my, my reading list. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's just not much you can do really you know um i try and cook dinner but it's also just a really aggravating thing because you've got to stand there with a torch light and then hope that everything is cooking properly and that you're not going to like ruin your phone or drop your phone into a pot of pasta um it's just not a fun situation so try and chat to my mates uh walk the dogs around the property just try and stay sane uh during work hours um I'll try and be online as much as possible. My laptop battery only lasts for about an hour these days. That's just the nature of laptop batteries, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, kind of try and plan my day around what's going to be happening, when I will have power, when I won't have power, all that sort of stuff. And it, it, it just makes it so tiring. It's Load shedding is exhausting. It is yeah. so exhausting because you're worrying about whether the power will come back. If it comes back, will everything still be working? Uh, will you have full power back? Because some folks have multiple phases in their home and uh, sometimes one phase is down and then you just don't have plugs or you don't have lights or you don't have a geezer. Or... So there's just it, – it's a really, really stressful situation. Um, so I try and use that situation to, to just try and force myself to relax a little bit. Maybe I'll take a nap if it's the weekend or whatever. But, yeah, just try and try and de-stress as much as possible even though it is one of the most stressful situations. Something I wanted to mention um, about getting food is that uh, a lot of restaurants now have their own generators. Mm. Um, and you can kind of just go, you obviously have to pay to like go in and use their precious electricity, but sometimes it's worth it. Like you can just buy a coffee and then you can go in and use, some of them have free Wi-Fi, some of them have paid Wi-Fi, some are, and then sometimes you just want their plug to like charge your phone or whatever. Um, I want to give a shout out uh, to McDonald's <laughs> who saved me a few years ago um, for submitting an assignment for university where um, I wasn't scheduled to be load shed at all. And because I was completing university and working at the same time, it was kind of down to the wire to complete this um, assignment and submit it. And the, the submission deadline was like 12 that night and I got load shed at like nine and there was no sign of it coming back. So I had to um, drive to a McDonald's. <laughs> I bought a hamburger. And usually because it was after hours, it's a 24-hour uh, McDonald's, but they actually closed the door at like 5. So even though they're open and you can order through the drive-thru, you can't go sit down. So I had to go through the drive-thru and I was like, listen, <laughs> I, I just need to come in and I plug in my laptop and use the Wi-Fi just to upload my assignment. And they had to like call the manager, and the manager had to call the security guard to come open it. But they uh, they really saved my bacon for the price of a of a hamburger. So not paid or anything. I just want to point out that they really did me a solid. Um, 
in exchange, I've gone there many times uh, and uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't have gone there as often as I did. And I don't think that's because they helped me. That's just because I wanted some delicious hamburgers. Um, so, yeah, I think people... Sorry, did you just um, say delicious hamburgers and McDonald's in uh, the same sentence? McDonald's gets a bad rap. Okay? <laughs> Most of them are pretty good. Um, I think they get a bad rap for no reason. Okay, value for money, I can, but delicious. No, come on, guys. I... I think it's pretty good. I don't know. You can say I have bad taste. You can say I have cheap taste. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll die on this here. I think McDonald's gets a bad rap just because it's fast food. I think there's other fast food which is worse. I think there's other fast food that's better. But yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, I, I, just, I brought this all up to say um, if you don't have a UPS or a generator or whatever, just take note of where in your community does have power. Like Robin said, you know, <laughs> keep on good terms with your relatives who have all that stuff. But sometimes, you know, you just need like 15 minutes of power. You can go down to whatever restaurant has, or even sometimes shopping centers have big generators where the entire you know place will be lit up even during load shedding. And you can just go and usually for the price of parking or a coffee or whatever, they'll give you access to that. So just, just keep in mind, even if you're not going to use it all the time, it's good in an emergency like it was for me. Robin, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, nothing further to add, I think. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, uh, done, uh, there's kind of Google search uh, trends and load shedding was like the thing that yeah. South Africans were concerned about for the past decade. And it will likely be that for the coming decade. Um, yeah. I just kind of wonder what the, the breaking point is uh, because it doesn't look like uh, ESCOM is going to be held to account for what they've been putting the country through. It's, yeah, it's supremely frustrating. Mm. Um, but I must say that South Africans are very resourceful and I'm kind of always amazed at how resourceful South Africans can be in these kinds of situations. Yeah. Privatize ESCOM. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> consider anything else you want to add? Um. Uh, just just plan before stuff happens. Mm. Uh, you know, best time to plant a tree and all that. You don't wanna you don't wanna be cool with your pants down, and load shedding is starting an hour from now and you have nothing, like on the go. You know, keep stuff continually topped up in terms of charge. Download stuff and just keep it on your phone like indefinitely for when it happens and just just try and make plans far ahead of time you know load shedding is going to come eventually so you might as well make a plan now while it's yeah. well it's it's happening right now but you know what i mean <laughs> uh, when it's not happening make a plan for when it is happening yeah make hay while the sun shines and all that um i think that's going to wrap it up from us for this week uh charge your stuff and hopefully escom continues on the upward trajectory it is and we don't have load shedding uh, <laughs> on Friday, <laughs> I say upward trajectory in the same breath as load shedding on Friday. Man, what a time to be alive. Um, but that's going to wrap it up from us. We hope you have a fantastic long weekend. Um, for those in Durban, uh, hopefully the the recovery efforts are going well uh, and a sense of normality returns sooner rather than later. Uh, from myself, Brendan Lodge, cheerio from Clinton Matos. Bye, everybody. And from Robin Lichetti. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.